Hey, this is Chance Dorland, and you can come meet me, Robert Kohler, Colin Marshall, and Travis Hull on Saturday, June 18th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Seoul Global Cultural Center in Myeongdong. We're having a live podcast event hosted by the Soul Book and Culture Club. So um, we're going to talk about some of the things we talk about on the podcast that we do here for Korea FM. We're also going to take questions and comments from the audience. So we'd love to see you on Saturday, June 18th from 4 to 6 p.m. And you can find more information on Facebook.com slash Korea FM or visit us at KoreaFM.net. I'm Chance Dorland, and welcome to the Marmot's Hole Podcast, brought to you by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. I'm, of course, uh, joined here each episode by Robert Kohler, a magazine editor here in Seoul, who for years operated the Marmot's Hole blog on rjkohler.com. And Rob, it's been quite a while since we last spoke. Uh, now the weather's a lot nicer than it was before, so I'm sure you must be out and about doing some of your landscape photography. And uh, tonight, in fact, you were taking some photos. Uh, yeah, tonight was okay, but uh, um, unfortunately, for the last uh, Jesus, last couple of weeks, the uh, air quality, um, not just in Seoul but uh, throughout the country, has been uh, well less than desirable. Yeah, it seems like it's definitely getting worse. I've been here this uh, summer will be my uh, three-year anniversary of living here in the Seoul area. And it seems not just like I'm noticing it more than I did before. It seems like it's really bad and uh, it's getting worse. So that's what we're discussing on today's episode. Um, and I just want to go through, like I always do, uh, a, a quick couple of uh, articles talking about this because not only is it getting worse in my mind, but it's, it's getting reported a lot more than I think it has in the past. So just yesterday, in fact, the Diplomat came out with an article titled, Who is to Blame for Northeast Asia's Transboundary Air Pollution Problem? Simply pointing the finger at China won't relieve the smog impacting Korea, where it explains that basically South Korea, you know, my wording, gets effed all year round, as in the winter, the ROK gets air pollution from excessive amounts of coal being used in China for heat, and then in the spring, they get yellow dust from the deserts of northern China and Mongolia that's blown across Northeast Asia. It picks up soot, carcinogens from China-based industrial processes along the way. Then it comes here to South Korea. So as a result, those of us living here in Seoul, in Busan, other parts of the country, as you mentioned, it's kind of happening all over. We have an increased likelihood of health problems and really shitty, smoggy days um, where I'm sure taking for some landscape photography photos will be difficult. Yeah, it's definitely uh, harshed my photographic buzz, so to speak. Um, I mean... A little bit of pollution for uh, landscape photography is not necessarily a bad thing. It does make for uh, very colorful uh, sunrises and sunsets. But uh, what we've seen in in uh, Seoul in particular, but really throughout the country, has been uh, uh, yeah, it's been a uh, it's a pretty bad sight. Um, you know, visibility has been uh, nil. Um, the air quality has been poor. Um, how poor? I guess we'll be going into. Uh, later in this discussion. Um, and as you pointed out, and again, we'll probably be going deeper into this uh, as this podcast uh, continues, um, who's, who and what is to blame is uh, not an easy thing to determine. Now, some of it, um, for example, the yellow dust, uh, that's been something 
that's been happening in this region for quite a long time. Um, I recall reading today that there are records about the yellow dust going back all the way into the, you know, the uh, medieval period here in Korea. So, you, you know, that's something that we, I think we generally have a, a, a good idea about what's happening there. But uh, the other uh, factors, for example, a lot of the other particulate matter in the air, um, yeah, that's something that uh, is a matter of controversy as to where that's coming from and, 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 and what to do about it. Yeah, and I'll explain some of these terms a little bit later as I go through a couple more articles. I mean, obviously, yellow dust, that's coming, um, as I just mentioned, from the deserts. And you said that goes back far into history. They've been recording that. But then there's also something called PM2.5, which is a scientific term. Um, we'll discuss that. And I, I don't know. I think I disagree with you pretty heavily, uh, Rob. I think it is pretty easy to tell where a lot of this is coming from. And there's some facts to back that up. But before we get into all that, you mentioned that actually with photography, some of this air pollution, it makes sunsets and sunrises a little bit more colorful. I'm not a photo guy. That That's the case? Yeah, that's, um, I mean, I, I don't really want to get into the reasons why, but uh, yeah, it does add a bit of, uh, it, it reddens up the uh, the uh, the sunrise and sunset. Some of your best, some of your most spectacular sunrises and sunsets are, you know, not necessarily due to natural causes. But I mean, there's a fine line to this. I mean, if it's, I mean, you know, um, if you're if you got so much pollution in the air that you're getting visibility of something like, you know, less than 10 kilometers then you're 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 pretty much fucked. Yeah. But it, and it hasn't gotten to the point of uh, like in Beijing, they have those photos where there's like a giant jumbotron that shows a picture of the sun, you know, because people can't see the sky. It hasn't quite gotten to that level, though. There have been some days here in Korea where it's been pretty bad. It looked like there's like a fire in the distance or something. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, some of the photos that you do see in the news um are are quite dystopian um where yeah they look like one of those old uh you know you know one of those science fiction films where everything's you know polluted and you know it's uh it, it's not quite as bad as some of the some of the science some of the sites you see in you know beijing or shanghai but it's nothing to be proud of either to mention beijing and shanghai well it might not look as bad. I've been checking the air quality the last month every once in a while because it's been pretty bad. And, and we've actually beat Shanghai and Beijing on quite a lot of days. So it's not just what you can see. It's also what's, you know, in the air. And then you have to measure that. And we'll get into that here. So, yeah, and it doesn't help that souls in a basin, too. So, yeah, and I, and I do, you know, I'm going to throw Korea bone here. I'm going to say, you know, obviously they do get some things that they can't really change, some things that they can't help. We just mentioned yellow dust, but I'm going to get to it now. Korea is a little bit full of itself here, and there needs to be a lot more blame inward than, than outward. Um, this Diplomat article that I mentioned, it goes on to say that the Korean media cover the problem inconsistently. And during the winter, the coverage highlights the Chinese influence. And in spring, um, basically, they always talk about yellow dust, and it focuses on health-related impacts and preventative measures like using a dust mask and air purifiers, etc. But the Diplomat says that both of these approaches fall short of getting people to a point where they're actually going to talk about the problem and do something that's useful and is going to solve it. And uh, a lot of the reporting is factually inconsistent. So that's that first Diplomat article. Um, something else that I wanted to bring up here 
in addition to a third article, uh, a reporter pal of mine have been meeting a lot at some uh, events, and uh, I just actually took a tour with him by the name of Donald Kirk, a really well-known reporter journalist here in uh, South Korea. He recently wrote for Forbes, and he's covering a story that other people are covering as well, but his write-up was particularly good. And he was talking about how NASA is now involved in all of this as they're trying to figure out who's to blame for this air pollution in South Korea. And he writes that Koreans, yes, they often accuse the Chinese, but in a highly industrialized society like Korea, he makes the point that it's difficult to know who exactly is doing what. So a team of scientists sponsored by NASA and Korea's National Institute of Environmental Research are currently engaged in a six-week project trying to get those answers by using a vintage DC-8 aircraft on almost daily flights that will continue until mid-June, so about another two weeks from now. And they'll be doing this actually again later this year as well. Um, And they're just doing these flights almost every day. They're going up and they're testing the air. And uh, this is funny because, you know, Don, who's my friend on Facebook and some other journalists who are my friends on Facebook, a lot of people have been doing this kind of like ride-along, and then they post all these funny photos on Facebook. But as I've been seeing these photos of them in this giant NASA aircraft, um, you know, going around the peninsula trying to figure out what's in the air and is it from China or is it from South Korea, it's made me a little angry. It's it's gotten me a little bit pissed off because – Uh, To what I said earlier, where I disagree with you, we already know that the majority of this pollution is from Korea. It's not from China. Actually, back in November of last year, I interviewed a member of Greenpeace who's uh, located here in Seoul. He's Korean. Um, And he talked about the organization's joint study with Harvard that uh, actually was released back, I believe, in March of 2015. So even further in the past, that said 50 percent or more, basically 50 to 70 percent of PM 2.5 air pollution here in South Korea, which is uh, an ultra fine dust. It's known to cause health problems such as heart disease, strokes and lung cancer. It kills an estimated 1600 people in Korea each year. The vast majority of this, 50 to 70 percent, comes from Korean coal power plants, not China. Uh, Last year in a press conference here in Seoul, Greenpeace said that, quote, despite what is widely reported through the Korean media, once again, 50 to 70 percent of this particle-laden smog, what they call PM 2.5, is generated here in the ROK. Um, and that press conference was in addition to a four-day campaign against South Korea's expansion of coal power plants that to this day is still going forward. Um, Something like a dozen more coal power plants are going to be built in South Korea by 2021 as part of a 14-year energy plan launched back in 2013. So, I mean, I know this is just one study and there's always different studies and things like that, but I'm pretty sure when NASA finishes what they're doing, they're going to say the same thing. We've known this for a long time. I've done street interviews here in South Korea where I've spoke with expats and also Koreans, and every once in a while I find someone who knows what they're talking about. But for the most part, when I ask people, you know, where is this airport? pollution come from, they always say it's China and it's yellow dust. And like I said, every once in a while, you know, I run into someone who's actually, oh, no, 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 Korea has a lot of coal power plants. People know this. Maybe people aren't reporting this enough, and and that's the reason why. But this is not a mystery. We know where this is coming from, and I'm getting pretty upset about it. I mean, it it, it really sucks now. Uh, Well, I mean... As you pointed out, yeah, the Greenpeace study reported that something between 50 to 70 percent of of your uh, your particulate pollution is from local sources. But, um, yeah, that is just one study. I mean, uh, you know, the Ministry of Environment here has their own 
study have done their own studies on that. Seoul Metropolitan Government has done its own studies on that. I mean, for example, uh, in April, uh, Seoul Metropolitan Government did a uh, a study and they said that 59% of the dust was coming from China and Mongolia. Well, 20% were from the city itself, and the rest came from uh, surrounding areas, uh, for example, like Incheon and Gyeonggi Province. So where exactly that dust is coming from, we don't know. And that's one of the reasons why uh, NASA and uh, not just NASA, but a whole bunch of uh, U.S. researchers have been brought in uh, to work with the Koreans to try to figure out uh, what's going on. Um, you mentioned uh, you brought up the uh, joint U.S.-Korean study that's going on. Uh, you know, they got like 580 researchers from 72 institutions working on this thing, including, as you mentioned, uh, the, the big DC-8. No doubt we'll have a better understanding of what's coming from where, where uh, when that study comes out. Um, I don't want to make any predictions. I, I know you seem pretty confident that it's going to say that most of it comes from Korean stuff. But I mean, Rob, it, I mean, it, it, this isn't like one of those studies where it's like, ooh, drinking red wine's actually good for your heart. Or like, ooh, chocolate's good for your skin. I saw that just on my Facebook feed. These stupid studies, they come out all the time. Do you really think that what they're doing with NASA is going to fly in the face of this Greenpeace Harvard study? I don't think so. Well, it could. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like, I mean, granted. Yeah, the Ministry of uh, of Environment and uh, Seoul Metropolitan Government may have its own agenda there, but so does Greenpeace. Um, I mean, it's not like Greenpeace is a neutral organization. But Greenpeace's agenda is not to badmouth South Korea and, and not blame China. I mean, that's not an easily identifiable agenda with Greenpeace. I mean, they, they want everyone no, but, to clean up their act. No, no, but it does have an agenda vis-a-vis Korean energy policy. Because so, Korea is getting worse. Uh, China is actually pulling oh, it, it back it, a little it, bit. It very well may be. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that, you know, I'm, I will we'll know more about the specifics here when the NASA, uh, when NASA is done with its research. Um, and hey, you might be right. I'm just not necessarily sure that they are. Regardless, regardless, <laughs> you may be right, Chance. I, I'm not saying you, you're wrong. This is like that. What's that thing that Donald Trump does that he's just like, ah, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, this guy or, or what did he say recently? He's like, I'm not saying that the Clintons murdered someone, but I'm just saying we need to look at that guy that committed suicide. Maybe he was murdered. Well, uh, maybe. But uh, I mean, aside from the Greenpeace study, what other studies have come up with those type of numbers? I mean, Seoul Metropolitan, Seoul Metropolitan government's done a study. You bring up, you bring up a good point, Rob. I am a little bit upset about this. I'm going to pull it back. But my point is, is that if you look at, okay, so for instance, we both work in, you work in publishing. I'm more on the reporting end of things, although there's obviously some bleed through there. What's something that is very common in media and public uh, press here in South Korea? What's something that you see all the time? that that would affect something like this? Is it that they're very open about things that are not going so well? Is it that they're trying to protect the information so that it doesn't make Korea look bad? Where do they usually fall on that spectrum? Well, I, again, I don't, I, I don't really care to speculate on that. Um, I mean, just to give you an example, I mean, while the Ministry of Education, I mean, Ministry of uh, Environment, you know, may have a very... Um, yeah, because it's working with the Park administration, may have a, a certain point of view. Uh, Seoul Metropolitan Government, on the other hand, is run by the opposition. Um, I'm pretty sure they'd be more than happy to come out with a study that you know contradicts what the uh, what the central government says. I mean, for that matter, even within within 
the uh, within the Ministry of Environment. I mean, one of the problems with trying to, you know, uh, not just come up with the solutions to this, but also to get accurate predictions, which, again, we'll probably be discussing a little bit later, because that's another major issue and one that affects me uh, professionally and personally, um, is that even within the Ministry of Ed- uh, Ministry of Environment, you have different, you know, they're they're coming out with different uh, different statements of about causes all the time. So and and they themselves are being inconsistent. Let alone what other ministries in the government are saying. Yeah, that's something that you see in a lot of different areas. The the fact that the ministries often are not communicating with each other. Yeah, the ministries aren't communicating with each other, and even within individual ministries. Uh, the left hand doesn't always know what the right hand is saying. Uh, with the left hand, is, the left hand doesn't always know what the right hand is doing. Um, you hope the hand isn't talking. That's kind of <laughs> disconcerting. Well, it may be. There's so much PM 2.5 or there's probably a mutation. Right. But I should also point out something else, too. Is even if we take the government's numbers, uh, even if we accept the government's numbers here, I mean, we're still talking over 40% is being generated locally. So that's, you know, not an inconsistent, that's not an inconsiderable amount. But you don't and, see that in media coverage. And it's, and it's obvious that like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it's a whole spectrum of media coverage. There's something that's definitely affiliated with the government. And then there are things that are private, but even then there are connections and then advertisers. And we could talk about that for hours upon hours, but, but these numbers, even though 57 is not the same as 50 to 70%, you know, it's, right. it's in a ballpark figure. You don't see that reported. You don't hear that from people when you talk to them. When I spoke to Koreans, almost every single person that I spoke to, and once again, I love Korea, so I'm not trying to kick Korea while it's down, but this is an area where it definitely needs improvement. When I spoke to Koreans on the street, almost all of them were like, oh, that's yellow dust from China. And then when I explained some statistics to them, according to this Greenpeace Harvard study, they were like, oh, wow, I I had no idea. Um, But when I spoke to some expats, the way they framed it was they gave me the same answer, except they... In front of that answer, they said, oh, well, Koreans always tell me that, and then it's from China. So why is there such a big disconnect between even these less horribly looking statistics from the Seoul government or the Korean government versus Greenpeace? It's still kind of the same ballpark. Why is there such a big disconnect from those numbers to what people think and what people hear on uh, on the television or in radio? Well, I mean, I don't want to... I, I don't really want to speculate on that. I mean, I will say that. You're not in a speculating uh, mood tonight, Rob. Usually you give me a little bit more here. Well, I mean, because I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily want to um, give uh, an inaccurate. Uh, You've lived here 17 years or longer. You, you can't make some inferences about what's going on? Well, yeah, I, I, one is inclined to say that, um, uh, that, there is a, a fair amount of China blaming in the media, but again, it depends on what media you're listening to. And it sometimes depends on the topic. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but a lot is coming. I mean, even the Greenpeace study did acknowledge that at least some of it's coming. Yeah. From 30% China. or more easily. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. And we've been, you know, we've all seen the pictures of, of, of the Chinese cities. Right. Um, so it's easy to make the assumption that it's coming from China, especially since it's getting worse. Um, obviously, if you're reading uh, 
let's say, more progressive-leaning media, uh, you're going to get a little bit of a different story. I mean, the Hungary with I yeah, remember, I, I, mean, I got to say, when when I when I think in my history of like the headlines that I've seen, I think exclusively they've come from the Hungary. Right. I mean, the Greenpeace. I I learned about the Greenpeace study when it came out through the Hungary. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there is perhaps been an overemphasis, not just by the media, but also by the government itself, on. On, on the China angle. And I do think the China angle is important. I think I'm not sure what you can do about it um, because that's a very, very tough. Uh, that's a very, very tough situation to deal with in terms of not just your know, cooperation with China, but I mean, really what it, you know, you're essentially got to tell the Chinese that they need to scale back on on power generation, on driving cars and, and whatnot. And, and something else that was in the Diplomat article that I didn't include just because there was such right. a big intro there, but they talk about how a lot of um, business from South Korea has moved into China. Right. And so it almost is like a double cause of itself where not only is all this yellow dust coming from China, which picks up some of the pollution and brings it to South Korea, but South Korean manufacturing or South Korean pollution that would happen here in the ROK has been moved to China. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of that too, but also there's the deforestation issue that's been going on for a while. Yeah, that's where, I mean, that's why a lot of your dust stand, I mean, the, the yellow dust, as I pointed out, has been going back, you know, millennia, yeah, it's been going over, going back centuries, but it's been getting worse because of. Yeah, it, it does seem to forget the pollution. It, it is getting worse, the yellow dust itself. Well, not just, it's not just getting worse in terms of scale, but it's also picking up like heavy metals and, you know, industrial pollution. Uh, from northern China when it gets dumped over here. So, yeah, it's it's not a good situation. Now, um, I, I forget exactly where I read this. I think maybe it was a Korea Herald editorial. I've been liking the Korea Herald as of late. They seem to have been upping their game. Uh, yeah, um, they, they definitely seem to be. I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't really read the either the Times or the Herald on a daily basis. But when I do read... Uh, English language press reports, I generally tend to favor the Herald. They definitely seem to be improving. But anyway, there's definitely a school of thought within Korea that before it asks the Chinese to do anything, they really need to clean up their own act. And this probably is where I think you'll probably agree um, that uh, something needs to be done about uh, thermal power plants. You know, there's a lot of disagreement within the Korean government between ministries on 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 uh, not just thermal power plants but also uh, diesel cars, you know. And what we have now is basically a uh, a clusterfuck of of, of bureaucratic uh, interministry fighting that's just uh, it's not helping. So, Rob, you, you've really given me what I was looking for here. You kept saying you didn't want to <laughs> basically say anything, but you, you admit that, yeah, there, there, there seems to have been a lack of focus on some other causes. I would say 50%, 70% other causes. You would say maybe we don't know exactly, but yeah, you get what I'm saying here. It's like if you're, if you're at, at a Thanksgiving dinner, right, and you have like an uncle who like is an alcoholic, maybe you try to tell the rest of your family members, hey, let's, let's just not have any booze tonight. We already have one guy who's a lush. Let's not overdo it. If, if all this crap is coming from China, why does South Korea have to be making more coal power plants? That's kind of what makes me angry. Look, I'm look. I'm inclined to agree with you here. Yeah, I mean, you know about 
as you know, uh, Korea has 53 coal burning power plants. Three, eleven of them. Eleven of them are more than 30 years old. And then there's more coming online through because I remember even after the Paris climate talks, right. South Korea said it was still going forward with the ones that they had scheduled. And I think they left it hanging as to what they would do after that. And I have to admit that does it, it's a bad situation to be in. If you've already kind of scheduled these power plants, now like you just build them in two months. It's kind of hard to get rid of projects that are already down on paper. Right now, this is where the interministry fighting is concerned. Yeah, it comes in. You know, the Environment Ministry wants the Energy Ministry to uh, scale back plans to build more coal-fired stations, and they want them to close some of the older. But the Energy Ministry is saying that, um, well, if we do that, then, uh, you know, electrical power uh, rates will will start to go up, right, especially with summer coming on and, you know, people are going to be, you know, turning on their air conditioners. So you're gonna you're gonna see a you're gonna see a greater need for electricity. And plus, this is also another energy ministry bugaboo. It's become more difficult in Korea to build nuclear power plants. Yeah, of course, because of what just well, not just, but because what has happened recently. Right. So the energy ministry is saying, hey, you know, all the environmentalists told us to uh, shut down our our nuke plant or to stop building nuke plants. So you know, we 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 went over to you know, coal burning plants. And now you're saying, don't do that. So what are we to do here? It's either spend more on electricity, um, spend a lot more money on alternative energy sources, um, or, uh, you know, build the new plants. So which one is it? And to add to all of that, you know, I think the highest ever since they've been keeping statistics of like 20 to 30-year-old unemployment. As we've mentioned before, the shipbuilding industry is basically going to implode. I mean, it's starting to do that right. now. Um, so not the greatest time to do anything, let alone something that, as you just mentioned, has so many consequences. I get that. I get that. It is, it is a bad time. Also other things too, right? Example, you know, for example, the diesel fuel thing, right? I mean, again, the, the, the Ministry of uh, the Environment Ministry uh, wants to uh, see de- diesel prices uh, increased to uh, cut down demand for uh, uh, diesel vehicles, but the Ministry of Stry- uh, Strategy and Finance is like, uh, you do that, then you're going to be screwing, uh, you know, industries and households that depend on that fuel. Um, plus, they're giving out actually giving out subsidies uh, to lower fuel prices, and that you know plays into it all. Um, yeah, it's not easy, and generally speaking, in terms of cloud, I don't think the the environment ministry is the uh, the strongest arm of government here. He's the minister that sits in the corner of the room and keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but in his def- you know, on the bright side, you know, the the uh, uh, the worse the air quality gets, the more he has, the more he's going to have uh, a, a voice to speak with. So we'll see. Well, okay, so so let's talk about that. Um, it, it's kind of it j- just triggered something in my mind. This whole debate of the United States, like, okay, well, if you have Hillary, but you're a Bernie fan, um, you still have to vote for Hillary so that Trump doesn't become president. And then you have people. I have friends that have told me this. They're like, I think we can withstand four years of Trump. It'll get so bad that then we can elect someone like Bernie Sanders instead of someone like Hillary Clinton. Using that analogy here in South Korea, now that the air is bad and it's noticeably bad. Is this going to lead to some change or is this going to allow the media to start reporting this more than they have b- before and stop blaming China so much? I hope so. Um, yeah, cause I mean, this is, 
Uh, I mean, the air was okay today. I mean, today was a noticeable improvement over the last couple of days, but I can't see how air quality this bad uh, can continue without there being uh, serious discontent. Yeah, because even here in Seoul, this mega city that is in Seoul, people are outside all the time. Where I live, they have um, not the Cheonggyecheon, the, the the big one by City Hall, but they have like a smaller Chong uh, little stream that right. goes through the city, and you just it, it, there are older folks out there exercising. There are people walking their dogs. There's older men drinking makgeolli. It's a good time, and right. and, and the air quality. I should be, it should be pointed out. I'm not sure if you remember, but it used to be really bad. And then it actually improved significantly over the last uh, decade or so, um, and now it's getting worse. So I, you know, I think expectations are, are are considerably higher than they used to be. Okay, so uh, hard to tell what, what's going to happen in the future. I guess just final question here. Speaking, by the way, speaking of hard to tell what's going to happen in the future, we really haven't discussed the uh, the, uh, the the prediction issue. You know, uh, the the weather forecast issue, and this is something that really pisses the shit out of me. Yeah, we we can talk about this. Obviously, it's important for you to be able to make generally good predictions so you don't travel across country to do some photos. Is this what you're getting at? Oh, I mean, let me tell you something. Let me just give you some uh, background statistics here. Um, And this is actually, again, one of the reasons why NASA is uh, lending a hand here. Um, Current uh, particulate matter forecasts, are accurate only 60% of the time. And the Chosenilbo ran an article, I think today, where they ran their own study on it um, and found that out of the last, uh, I guess, uh, 18 forecasts, seven were wrong. And I'm actually surprised it's that high. It's that high because, uh, just to give you an example, um, one day, I, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, I was planning to go down to Bo Sung uh, to photograph the tea plantations there. And um, uh, the, uh, the, w- the forecast was, oh, that it was going to be really bad Huangsa and uh, really bad dust and, uh, you know, uh, don't go. So I didn't go. And uh, I talked to people down in that region who were out shooting. It was, like, it was the greatest day of the last 20 years. No. Actually, not the last 20 years, but it was the best day of the year, a lot of them said. I mean, they said it was absolutely spectacular. I went down the next week when it said it was going to be nice. And and indeed, even the day before uh, I went, uh, they were saying it was going to be fine. I went down there, visibility nil. It was horrible. Now, doesn't this make you a little bit angry like I was before? Maybe we should have opened up with the predictability topic and you could have joined me in my anger. I'm just I'm just breathing and it makes me upset. Yeah, this is a serious thing for you. No, I mean, I mean, I, I'm we're doing two magazines and I do uh, a great a good deal of photography, with both. And I mean, even now I'm planning to go down to the uh, you know, later this week down to the the islands off the southwest coast of Korea uh, to do some photo work. And I, I need to have something resembling an accurate weather forecast to do this and uh seriously i mean um i i i'm almost inclined now to read whatever the 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 national weather service is saying and just you know plan on the opposite so why don't you add 
to the small amount of reporting that we've been seeing from, you know, basically the Hankyore, or as I mentioned, you know, some other things that I've seen about this have been, I believe, in the Korea Herald. What, why don't you add something? Do Have you thought about in one of the magazines that you work with, be like, uh, I don't know if you'd call it an opinion piece or something, be like, it's harder to take photos now than it ever was before because of this. Let's do something about pollution. It's not just from China. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I do travel magazines, so it's not really uh that's not really the kind of stuff that we do um although i will tell you a story and this is true um a couple when i first started working with uh uh at, at my current place of employment with the uh, soul magazine uh i remember writing uh an article um that said that you know there's a lot of yellow dust in spring and uh, i may have used some apocalyptic imagery to describe it i, I may have embellished a bit for effect um so maybe that's why you're so hesitant to infer things now and and make predictions <laughs> i guess you learned your lesson rob no, the reason okay no honestly the reason why i'm um, kind of uh uh hesitant to infer anything i mean this is not the first time of i've I, i've been somewhat hesitant to state an opinion is because i spent you know over 10 years blogging stating opinions and you know, a year passes and you realize what you said was completely, you know, uh, you know, ill-informed. So, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit more circumspect on what I say. Trying to clean up your game a little bit. All right. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you've mentioned that before. I think when you stopped doing your blog, you, you wrote something that you're like, you know, when I first started, it was just complete nonsense, but in a much <laughs> less positive way than that. And, and a lot of the I think it's still up there. Oh, yeah. A lot of the comments were like, oh, no, Rob, we enjoyed reading it, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I appreciate what you're doing here. But I, I, I'm happy that uh, let's let's wrap things up on the podcast now. But I, I'm just happy that we've gotten to a little bit of common ground. We started off, I was full of anger. And you were like, whoa there, friend. We don't, you know, with the, the competing studies, there's only just like one study. This is what the Green government says. This is what, you know, Greenpeace says. And I think we've kind of more gotten to a, a mi- little bit of a middle ground. I'm not as crazy angry as I was, but then we start talking about the fact that this affects your photography and you got a little bit more angry. And I think this is a nice place for us to meet in the middle. I think so. All right, there we are. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm glad that we've, we've been finally able to meet maybe a little bit in the middle or a little bit above the middle. And, and uh, yeah, just I, I, I've never really – I'm not sure if I mentioned this on this podcast, but I've never really wore a mask in Korea in earnest um, because, you know, I just, just – just growing up in, in Iowa in the Midwest that no one would do that. You have to be like painting something with spray paint to wear a mask. Right. But – I'm going to do it, um, I think, in the next couple of days. I'm going to go to a pharmacy and get one of those real masks that actually is rated um, and get one of the higher-level rated ones. I think there's like 95, 96, you know, up to that, probably like 99%. Uh, you know, it blocks up to that percentage of, of matter that comes in through the mask. I'm going to get a real one, and I think I'm going to have to start wearing it. It's, it's it, As we've mentioned time and time again on the podcast, noticeably bad. And uh, I don't want to breathe that stuff in. And, and that's a pretty big jump for me to have to wear a mask. Right. Stay safe, everybody. Well, Rob, it was good to talk with you. And uh, it, it, it'll hopefully I'll edit this so it'll come up soon. But coming up here, uh, I believe it's June 18th, we have a live podcast with Barry's Soul Booking Culture Club at the Seoul Global Center in Myeongdong. Woo-hoo. So you can come see me, Rob. 
uh, Colin Marshall, Travis Hull, uh, two other people that I do some podcasts with here on KoreaFM.net. It's going to be a live podcast. You can ask questions. Um, you can uh, you know make statements. I think I'm going to bring some KoreaFM shirts. I have a handful of those left as well. So, yeah, good times. And, uh, yeah, hopefully June 18th. Uh, at the Seoul Global Cultural Center in uh, Myeongdong. And you can find those uh, details on Facebook. Just type in Meet the Stars of Korea FM. I didn't make the title. I think Barry's doing a great job. Uh, I just feel weird giving out that title. (laughs) Meet the Stars of Korea FM. So, Rob, I'll see you uh, in person on June 18th at that event. Should be fun.